Hello, Pastor Deborah here, and welcome again to the spiritual teaching ministry of Agape Love, Love is Here's global spiritual teaching ministry with me, Pastor Deborah. Welcome to the Garden of Eden, where we've got this wonderful picture from Google Free Clipart to help you see yourself, that forever person, better and understand about this part of Pastor Deborah's story called It's Time. It's about the transition, really the death of one person named Jan, and the resurrection, rebirth, reincarnation of someone else inside of me called Deborah, who became a global pastor, a master teacher, a mother to all of you. This is in the School of Light. We're working through the book called The Kingdom of Agape Love. It has volume one, lots of Pastor Deborah's personal transformation stories. And volume two, personal stories of Pastor Deborah going into the darkness, reaching you and helping you the Lord's way. They're unbelievable stories. Most pastors never have this experience, nor a mental health counselor, nor a trauma care provider. But I have. And I'm telling you the story so you believe that it's possible for you to get healed, delivered, set free, and then help other people the Lord's way. Also, these stories are here to tell you there's a difference between the way of the world, mental health counseling, psychiatric treatment, medicines, peer-to-peer support groups, and spiritual work. There is a difference. I had to learn about all of them. Here in this story called It's Time, it tells the long story of Pastor Deborah transitioning from Jane to Deborah. True story. And I can talk about and help many people because I went through it myself. Something in me died and something was resurrected. The old was passed away and a newness of life, thoughts, was created inside of me. And this is story number 28 called It's Time. This is part number five. We've been working through scriptures that would help you to understand my transformation. And so you can also help yourself to understand how the word of God is here to help us, guide us, lead us, give us wisdom and understanding about ourselves. What's going on in here in this kingdom? That's a mess. To help us understand darkness and light and understand our own nature. And what we see, what is going on in the world. That's right. So welcome. For those of you who are here in the spiritual garden of Eden. Doesn't matter where your physical body is. Your spirit is here. This is a global ministry. 24-7. For you. So here in this part, number five, we're going to finish talking about a few more scriptures. That give you the background. Understanding of what I was going through. Now, this happened years ago. I did it at home most of the time till it was test time. 
When you take your test, you're going to take them out in public, out in front of people. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be tried, sifted. God has to see, can you hold to what you've learned? We do this in school. We study a new topic, maybe a new spelling word. We practice it during the week. We read stories about it. We write it on the board. We practice it out. Then we take a test. The teacher tells us it's test time. And we're going to have a spelling test. Hopefully you've done your homework. You practice at home. You've written, written out the words. You listen to the what they sound like. You put yourself under pressure by the time. And you take the test. And when you take the test, the teacher does not talk to you. The other students, anybody around you, you take it alone, by yourself, just with your thoughts and your memory. So all my tests were done alone. Didn't do them with anybody. Didn't talk about it. God, the Most High, who was allowing me to be sifted and attacked and tested, did not talk during that time. Sometimes I couldn't talk to him. But he was checking my heart out, checking my thoughts, checking my desires. And so will he do with you. So here in part number five of It's Time, we're going to go to a scripture we've been working through. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 19. This is from the authorized King James Bible. I use that one, always have. Because there's no translations in it, no commentaries. It is simply the translated word out of Latin, maybe, Greek, and Hebrew, Aramaic, into the English language. Webster's was a wonderful Christian man, very intelligent. I use his dictionary and the Strong's Concordance, nothing else. Then I asked my teacher, my master teacher, the Holy Spirit, explain to me what I've just read. I may look up one word, God, Lord, praise, worship, salvation, rebirth, and study it for some time. Just one word. I go slow for myself. Sometimes God will have me watch and rewatch and rewatch a movie over and over and over and over and over again. And then he might ask me, which he has done. To watch the movie and write down every word from every actor. I did a lot of writing. Rewriting, studying, pondering, looking up words. I watch all kinds of videos, movies, gaming movies. Yeah. I watch ancient Chinese historical dramas, Turkish historical dramas, Ottomans, British, Roman Empire. Alexander the Great, the Egyptians, the ancient Israelites, American Indians, yeah, ancient Spanish people going into South America. That's right. I study history. I'm an archaeologist. I'm looking, I'm digging, studying. I'll even go to museums when they have archaeology. I went to King Tut's. It was traveling the world many years ago. I went to a museum nearby and looked at the glorious things that were created in ancient Egypt. How many of you go to museums, even in your own city? 
We have one right here in Pensacola from the early settlers of Pensacola. We've been under five different countries. We have to, we have called the Five Flag City. We were first discovered by Spain, France, Britain. <clears throat> we have a marvelous history. We have a big port. We were under we were under the Confederacy flag. Then finally, the United States of America. So go study the history of your city. Many of your cities are named after people from Europe. Cities in Europe. That's right. Maybe a saint from the Catholic Church. Or maybe a prophet from Islamic religion. Go study. We have a street here in Pensacola called Saragossa. I went to our history museum and asked them, what did that mean, Saragossa? It was in the uh, part of our town that's considered historical. They didn't even know, so I went and looked it up. It was a Spanish word. And what it meant was, long time ago, there was a Roman Caesar named Augustus. And he went into Spain and took it over. And parts of Spain became part of the Roman Empire. And when some Spanish people, thousands of years after that, came to America, settled down and came to Pensacola, Florida, they named a street Zargosa, which is Spanish, which means Caesar. Augustus. Czar, I think it started with a Z. Z. Czar meant Caesar. Gosa was Spanish for Augustus. So that street was named after the emperor, Caesar Augustus, right here in Pensacola, Florida, from the Spain. They didn't even know that. Some streets are named after people. We have a street here named Coyle, C-O-Y-L-E. It is from Northern Ireland, which used to be O'Coyle, an Irish name. Go look it up. People love to have streets and cities named after them. We have another one called Brownsville, probably after some man named Brown. He was powerful, maybe a financier, businessman, and he wanted a town named after him. Some reason humanity wants names. Our name are put to cities and streets, buildings, hospitals. Why? I guess they think it gives them honor and they've made it and their name is known. They become legends. They don't realize that when people die, they go to heaven or hell. They don't remember anything about that. Your legacy does not carry on up or down. It doesn't go there. Can't take any money with you. No jewels, no diamonds. My diamond ring that I wear from my marriage will go to the grave with me. It's just a piece of coal that was under so much pressure became a diamond. So I had to learn. Then I had to study my name, Deborah. I had to study transition, new life, reincarnation, rebirth. I had to study death and sacrifice just to understand me and what I was going through in the transition called its time. So let's pick up in Jeremiah 1, 4 through 19, verse 16. But first, let's have a prayer. 
before we begin that prayer, I want to give a big thank you to Zoom Pro. I'm recording through it. I want to give a great big thank you to Google Free Clip Art for this picture. We're going to use him or her to represent us, the forever person. The real you. The one that's inside that dirt body called humus. That's where we get the word human from. H-U means humus, dirt. And man, M-A-N, is a description of the first spiritual being inside of the dirt. Human. Doesn't mean sex or gender. Means a spirit being inside of dirt. That's what it means. And we also want to thank the authorized King James Bible for the scriptures. To God Almighty for his help in my transformation. It's his heart of Isaiah 61 and 62. To transform each and every one of us from what we were. A captive living in darkness. Slaves in sin separated from men. Living in fear and torment. Living out of our memories of our abuse. Living in horrible states inside of us. And him wanting to help help us. And he tells us through his prophetic words of Isaiah 61 and 62. Our condition, what he's going to do, and what we're going to become when he's finished. And then how he does that is through Hebrews 4.12, a spiritual circumcision. Where he brings our spirit up out the sky. The sky. Up out of the miry clay of the flesh. Out of the soul and its lust. So we can receive the light of God. His words, his knowledge, unhindered. And so that's what we pray for you today. Those two scriptures be fulfilled in your life. But we're told that he sends his word to us here on earth. He watches over them. They're alive. They're living. They're looking to be planted. They've been sent. He said he will only fulfill his words, his seeds, that he has sent. And he'll watch over them, help them to perform their job. So they will come back to him victorious, full of fruit, and not be fruitless or empty. And so in his name, we pray. In the name of the Most High God, his Son, Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. And we bless them for helping us. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. Jeremiah 1. 4 through 19. Verse number 16. And I the Lord will utter my spiritual judgments. Against them spiritually. Touching all of their spiritual wickedness. Those who have forsaken me and have burned incense, prayed to, worshipped, served other gods, and worshipped the works of their own hands. That's all the different governments, all the different countries that they have thought up. All the different ways to rule the land, nature, people, help people be educated, business, finance. Marketing and the people in their lives and all their lust and coveting, their lies and deceptions. I will touch 
with my finger of truth. And for those who are, do not love me, nor their neighbor, as I do in agape love. Jan, who I was, was going to be touched. He's going to take care of some business inside of me that needed to be taken care of. Jan was going to die. You might call it integration, but that's not what it is. It's a death of an identity that I had taken on in the fifth grade, Jan. It was immoral, evil, wicked, everything I just read. I had spiritual wickedness. Even though my spirit was there, it was a baby. Probably still and barely out of the womb. Even though I got saved at three. It had not grown, not been fed in church, in denominations, non-denominations. The Bible had not come alive to me yet. God had not touched. He was in me. But he's lying, lying dormant. My soul was very much alive. Working. It had no knowledge that I had a spirit. Parents didn't teach me. Elementary, middle, high school, high school didn't teach me. The world, the music, movies didn't teach me. Until something would come along called the Ten Commandments with Ben-Hur. And Ben-Hur with Charlton Heston. The Wizard of Oz that would come on. Christmas movies. Things started changing in here. There seemed to be another realm, another world, something else besides what I saw in my family, what I read in books, what I saw in school, what I saw in the neighborhood, the community. There was something else. I saw it in fairy tales, children's books, Walt Disney World back then. It was great. All the stories. God was going to touch all of that. That was in my soul. None of that information could transfer to my spirit, the truth. The spirit was in darkness. I was in darkness. Deborah was there, but maybe in a little bitty seed form that had not yet been watered with truth and light. But God was going to help me. Now I went to Deuteronomy 28. Verse 20. Remember these are scriptures to help you. And helped me. To understand this transformation. This death of Jan. And birth of Deborah. What it, it's time meant. What had to happen inside of me. In my soul and my spirit. What had to be touched. And taken away. And destroyed and killed. So God was helping me to understand the process of Isaiah 61 and 62. The process of death, resurrection, the process of rebirth, reincarnation, all inside of me. But I had the same body, the same dirt. But God was working. It took many years, but he was working steadily as I was willing to work with him. Deuteronomy 28, 20, verse 20. The Lord shall send upon them cursing. Jan got cursed by God. I got vexed 
felt tormented, depressed, hopeless in relationships, at work, in my family. And I would get rebuked. Some of us get it by the law. We get rebuked about our behaviors and our thoughts and our mind and our actions. And we end up in prison and jails. I didn't go there. But I got rebuked by my parents. Even by boyfriends. And all that they set their hand unto, nothing I did as Jan was successful. My spirit, my soul and heart was trying to get things. Boyfriend, jobs. Oh, I get them, but they didn't last. They weren't satisfying. Something was missing. I was going around to many different churches looking for this God. Couldn't find him. Went to communes in Georgia. Christian communes. Had did things with boyfriends I shouldn't have done. Did you know Pastor Deborah used to do? Jan used to do drugs, smoke marijuana, did other things. Even sold it back in the days of Jan in college years. I was rebellious. I was one that burned the bra. Went from dresses to pants. But yet I was brought up in the military. Never smoked cigarettes, but oh boy, did I get drunk. Had lots of sex. Once I got a taste of it, didn't like it though. Never went in a loving relationship. It wasn't pretty. Jan was horrible. But I had no guidance. Jan was not who I was to be. Parents, I never got the birds and the bees talk. If I got one, it was very small. Never had relationship talks. My girlfriends didn't talk about it. Nobody mentioned the word sex or drugs. Nothing. Nothing. I kind of fell into the hands of the enemy. I was good through high school. But not in college. I was searching and looking. I couldn't find what I was looking for. And when I found something, it hurt me, bit me. Turned around and mistreated me. Betrayed me. A boyfriend. Many boyfriends. Girlfriends. Jobs. People I wanted to trust. Turned around and bit me. Betrayed me. Jan was hurt. Broken. Delusions. Delusional, sort of. Because she wanted happiness and couldn't get it. Tried everything. Nothing worked. So, that was the condition of Jan. I don't tell many people that story, but you need to know. And then that person, Jan, went on to college. Got a master's in guidance and counseling. Social rehabilitation, psychology. It's going to learn how to help you. I couldn't even help me. But there was something in me that wanted to help people. Then I got a master's at Maxwell Air Force Base. In Montgomery, Alabama, with all officers in the Allied Officer School. All men got a graduate degree. Gave IQ test. Even cheated giving those. Got a state license. Became a licensed clinical mental health counselor. Whoop-de-doo. Worked in a rehab hospital. Worked private practice. Had my own office. My own clients. 
Then I became nationally certified as a clinical mental health counselor. Then I sat on the Mental Health Counselors Association National Board. I was on the Public Policy and Legislative Board. I traveled to Washington, D.C. freely to lobby for mental health counselors. I was on the Public Policy Committee. Also sat on the Credentialing Committee with universities, with a college professor, helping write the credentialing program. What kind of classes should be used in college for people to take to be a mental health counselor? And then I was the chairman of the nominating committee for the officers of a national association. And then at the same time, I sat on the state board of Florida Mental Health Counselors Association. I was the district one representative. I went to state meetings, free of charge, put up in hotels, free airplane tickets. I would have monthly meetings with all the licensed mental health counselors, talking to them about national things that were going on that the association was trying to do for them. At that time, mental health counselors were not qualified due to their classes they took, their different titles to receive Medicare. Social workers were. So we were working hard with lobbyists in the lobby, with politicians, legal. I had to learn how to write legal stuff, how to be around politicians. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to be a leader of a profession back home, how to be informative, newsletters. You don't understand, Jan was a very powerful person in the mental health counseling community. Nationally certified on boards and committees. All while I had a family, while I was working a private practice, and traveling. That's right. You don't understand that is in all of us to have that much effect on a nation. We all want to do it. We just, some of us get a chance to get the experience. Also had chances in the community, in the church. I believed in training, volunteer experience. But Jan was a mess at the same time. So here in verse 20, we're learning the Lord's going to send some cursing and vexation and rebuke us. I got it, personally. In all that they set their hands unto do, until they be destroyed, and until they perish quickly, because of the spiritual wickedness of their doings, their ways, whereby they have forsaken me, their Lord. Jan forsook the Lord. I went looking after him. I read my Bible every day. But it didn't change my behaviors. Going to church didn't change my behaviors. I'd lie, cheat, steal, did drugs, sex before marriage. Not a pretty person Jan was. Got drunk a lot. Mm -hmm. Not a pretty person at all. So God says, I'm going to have to do some things to your soul and your physical body to get your attention. But I was a baby, so God was very protective. Even though bad things happened to me, he was watching over me. He had a plan for me. I didn't know that. He wanted to partner with me. I didn't know that. But that Jan who I was was going to die. I didn't know that and wasn't told that. 
But that's what this story is about. So you too, God's going to do some work with you. And it may not be pretty. Now, he may not do it personally. He may allow Satan to do it like he did with Job. He may let the weather do it. Tornadoes, floods, your own personal decisions, your stupidity, your family. But he hasn't given up on you. Back to Jeremiah 1, 4 through 19, verse 17. You, Jeremiah and Deborah, therefore gird up your loins because this is going to happen to you. Your legs, get your courage in place and arise and speak unto them. All that I, your Lord God, command. Jeremiah was used to help me understand of how rough it will be when you try to help people change a nation's systems. And you get words from God. And you go try to talk to them. And they come after you. You learn Jeremiah was chosen as a child. He had his hand touched to his mouth in a dream. He could hear God's voice as a child. We all have. We just didn't know it was him. Children are talked to. Even by the enemy. He'll come through teddy bears, dolls. Cartoons. Imaginary friends, because our spirit is desiring that. So he is saying, Jeremiah, Pastor Deborah, you got to get some strength with you. you got to be tough. So I studied warfare, Navy SEALs, special ops, Army Rangers. I studied World War II, resistance fighters behind the enemy lines. I had to have courage and strength for what I was going to do. Now, Jan was learning, but Pastor Deborah was learning too. But do not be dismayed, discouraged at their faces or what they say, what they look like. Their reactions to you, to your words. Lest I break and I confound you into pieces, you before the, just don't get discouraged if you do and get fearful you're going to end up breaking into pieces of fear torment vexation before them you won't be able to hold you won't be able to talk to them when they get gross and nasty and when they fight against you and they come against you you must stay strong because they're coming jeremiah was told us But he went forward anyway. And I had to learn from Jeremiah. Watch the movie, Jeremiah, with Patrick Dempsey. Excellent movie. Watch it. Write it out. Read the book. Read the scriptures. Study it. And see yourself as Jeremiah. Wanting to do the right thing? Speak truth to the powers. And what happens? You get kicked off social media. Your bank accounts get closed. They come after you. You get falsely accused at work. They plant evidence against you. You get in car wrecks, beaten up. Yeah, Jeremiah did. He lost his fiancée. Lost his father. He's all alone. 
He had one friend. I think his name was Barack. It was sort of like his writer. But he didn't get attacked. It was Jeremiah. He was the messenger. He wasn't a prophet. He hadn't even finished his priestly training. And in the movie, you'll see Patrick Dempsey just could not slay an innocent lamb. God was talking to him right there at at sacrifice time. Because he had showed him the evilness of the people and the king. God will work. Verse 18. For behold, the Lord God has made you this day, Jeremiah, Deborah, a defended spiritual city. Now, this is happening while Pastor Deborah's in transition, while Jan is still very much alive and in charge. But I'm starting to hear things that are different for a different part that's going to come up. A different identity is being formed and shaped inside of me. The real me, this new child in God with the mind of Christ, was being fed words of truth through Jeremiah's life. And slowly the light was coming in. Now Jan was very much alive during this time. But it makes no sense to Jan. And very little sense to Pastor Deborah, an infant. But God was talking, speaking intimately through movies, through Jeremiah, through the Bible, in the spirit, in dreams, in cartoons. You want to see how this worked? Go watch The Beauty and the Beast. A man was cursed to be a beast until somebody could love him. And when Bell came along and loved him as a beast, the curse was broken. And he returned to himself. That's what Pastor Deborah was going through. I had become a beast inside of me before God. And God's love, like Bell, had to come and love me to break the curse. Another wonderful, wonderful, it's a Christian, a Christmas story, the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker was actually a young prince who had been cursed to be a Nutcracker, a wooden soldier. But he was given to a princess, a little girl. She loved him, danced with him, had dreams of visions with him. And the curse would be broken when he would be loved as a nutcracker. He became a prince. We read it about other people like Sleeping Beauty who got pricked, falls into a deep sleep till a prince can fight a dragon and get to her. Snow White takes a bite of the apple. Falls into a dream world. The stories are there for us. If we'll look. Neo. In the trilogy of the Matrix. He's living in a dream world. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know what's real. Doesn't even know he's in that pod. It took the God of dreams. Morpheus. And love. Trinity. To help lead him. To set him free. And then slowly through experience, information for him to believe that he was not who he thought he was. He was someone else. He was the one 
to end the war with the machines. He'd been prophesied about. It's out there in fairy tales for us. Songs, poems, ancient poems, ancient songs, history, ancient knowledge, study. So God is telling Jeremiah and Pastor Deborah, I have made you a defended city spiritually. Your spiritual heart and mind and soul and an iron pillar, it will be strong. I am strong now. I can handle the attacks. I know what they are. And I don't falter and I don't embarrass God like I used to. My walls are strong and brazen. They're bold against the whole land, the kingdom of darkness. And even against the kings of the nations of Judah. That's what Jeremiah was told. I have to be strong when I see all this it going on in the world. I have to love those kings, prime ministers, presidents who are doing evil, wicked things to other people. Lying on the cameras, selling their family out for money. Even having a family of a mafia structure. Selling people for just money. I have to love them with this unknown love they never known. My spirit had to come up as Pastor Deborah. Tough, tested, and tried. I had to go through the Navy SEALs Hell Week. I had to go through the Army Rangers. I had to be put behind enemy lines to survive, to help you. I was going to be changed. Jan couldn't hold. Pastor Deborah had to come up so she could save the people against the princes, the rulers, the kings, the magistrates, which are thoughts, ideas, concepts, perversions, confusion, fear of death, torment, vexation, captivity that come through words. Deeds and people. I had to come against ideas and ignorance. Other gods. In the realm of the spirit. I had to come against darkness which was ignorance. And against the priest. The religious leaders. Those who are to be. Royal. I had to come against them. You see that in the movie, Jeremiah, he came against everybody. He stood alone. And he was attacked brutally, thrown into prison. But once he got it, even his enemy had heard about him and would respect him. A lot of these people were God's people, Israel, and they had gotten way off. Jeremiah was to speak to them, not to Nebuchadnezzar. Your reputation will be known by the enemy. Sometimes you're just to speak to your own people of their wrongdoings. And you will get attacked, even on social media. And then Satan's priest will come after you. And they did me. You'll hear that a lot in the Kingdom of Agape Love, Volume 2. But how love prevailed. Yeah. 
great stories. And this Jeremiah and Pastor Deborah, they were going to go against the people themselves of the land, of the whole earth. They were going to come against nations. Pastor Deborah was going to have to learn about the earth, that it was cursed, that's in the hands of the enemy. It is under great pressure. It is under great uh, pain. For it serves Satan most of the time. It's not free either. The wind, the rain, the lightning, the volcanoes, the oil, the gases, the jewels, the diamonds. None of that's free to help us. The food, the water. It's mostly in the hands of Satan. So you have to take back nature, animals, weather, the water, the land. Because the land has cursed us. Because long, long ago, the first two kids, Cain and Abel, got in a fight. Cain was the oldest, and he killed his brother, Abel. Spilled his blood on the earth for not being accepted by this God who kicked him out of the Garden of Eden. Cain and Abel were not born in the garden. They were born outside of the presence and the delight of God. They were to sacrifice Abel sacrificed an animal that he saw his parents get with skins when they were disobedient in the garden. It was a way to please God. Well, Cain brought fruit and vegetables that he had grown. They were not accepted by God. God said, hey, if you do right, I'll accept you. But he didn't. So he was jealous and envious and hateful, and he went and killed Abel. And when his blood was spilt on the earth, the earth spoke up to Cain and said, Because you did this, spilt blood. We, the earth, all of nature, curse you, Cain. You are now cursed from the earth. It will not produce its blessing, its fruitfulness for you. When you spill blood, or your ancestors, you kill each other, even a baby in the womb. The earth is against you. Climate, the weather, the water, everything is against you. You have no protection from it. It hates you. It has cursed you. Because blood was spilt on it. Now there is a. I have a great teaching on that. And there is hope. But right now. Jeremiah and Pastor Deborah were learning. How tough it's going to be. How bad everybody. Rulers and leaders and the people had become. These were people who had followed the Lord God of ancient Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of King David. They knew. They were way off. Verse number 19. They shall fight against you, Jeremiah and Pastor Deborah, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to spiritually deliver you I had to watch Jeremiah over and over read the book write out the scriptures follow the scripture references God was talking to Deborah the one that was coming forth coming to life this did not make sense to Jan some of it did but Jan wasn't changing she was horrible but I had to learn who I was to become what God had planned for me how I would speak up 
I've been kicked out of LGBT churches because I love the people. Because their pastors and board were afraid for them. I volunteered with them. I sat on their board of directors trying to help them. They'd get mad because I couldn't remember their pronouns. But not the leader, not Devin. Precious. They all have to have mental health counselors. They're all in therapy. They're all trying to find love and can't find it. They know nothing about the spiritual realm. I've been kicked out of other churches. Asked to leave ministry teams. Because it caused trouble. Because I love people. And once you start loving those that are in the kingdom of darkness. Their family going to rise up against you. Bring false accusations. I had false legal things come against me. Charges pressed against me. For sexual abuse of a young girl. Police didn't believe it. Because this girl had lied about somebody else's security guard. I've had that happen. I've been in court having to have fight with parents and their child. I've been falsely accused that I was not to. Because I was trying to help people with the Bible. In a rehab hospital. And the physiatrist, the medical doctor and social workers didn't like it. I said, that's not my job. I said, if that's his comfort zone and he wants to see a chaplain and add the Bible, that's what I'm to do. That's what mental health counselors do. We support you. In your emotional time that you need it. Goodness. I lost friends. Lost jobs. Wasn't welcomed in circles. People stayed away from me. I've been there. I walked Jeremiah's walk. Jan was slowly getting weaker, 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 and weaker. I didn't know it at the time, but that's what was going on. And it would all accumulate in the final transition in the story. It's time. Now I want to get back to the story. We sort of got the spiritual background, the scriptures to show you what's going on in Pastor Deborah. I'll just get a little bit into it for us today. Even though God had spiritual plans, which were unknown to Pastor Deborah and even to Jan, I took the long way around. I took a detour. When my father retired from active duty Air Force, where he was a lieutenant colonel, we moved off the military base and into a local community in Montgomery, Alabama. My father had been active duty at Gunter Air Force Base, and then he retired and got a civil service job called a Double Dipper, and went to Maxwell Air Force to work as a teacher in the Allied Officer School. We had Allied officers from all over the world in my home. I was around people from Greece, Egypt, Vietnam, Korea, other allies who had come to the school to learn how to be a better teacher. I came from a teaching father. Mm -hmm. Two master's degrees, psychology. I actually taught some classes for him at Troy State University in psychology. He was a member of the American Counseling Association. He introduced me to it. 
when I was still in college, flew out to Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. Got a taste of professional life on a national level. So here we were. I was in the fifth grade. I begin, began attending a local non-military elementary school named Dalreda. I actually found out that my primary care doctor, Dr. Dunn, had gone to Dalreda Elementary School. I think he had been in the military. I'm not sure. He's a Navy guy. Fifth grade, to be exact. As I walked into the classroom to introduce myself, school had already started because when you do this, you move around who knows when. And I had been moving for every two years of my life, never settled, never really a part of the community, really had no friends. Then, yeah, I'd get along with them. I'd always lived on military bases, so this was the first time I lived off base. So I walked in to introduce myself, and I was introduced to the other classmates in my fifth grade. And to my surprise, there were already two or three girls named Debbie in the room. So I chose at a moment in time to introduce myself as Jan. That was my middle name. This was a class of complete strangers. No military children at all. All local children of the South, of Alabama. I had a northern accent due to have been living in Illinois while my father taught ROTC at Bradley University for several years. At this time, I did live off base and attended the elementary grades of first through the fifth grade when my father was transferred to Maxwell. I, I went to school on Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery, Alabama when we first moved there. I think I was in the second or third grade. Went to school on base, went to the movies, had the doctors, never stepped foot off Maxwell Air Force Base till he retired. And then, I think how it worked, when he retired, we moved to the Dalreda Elementary section. He went to Gunter Air Force Base, was doing something. He was more like a proofreader, a administrative. He read a lot of reports, edited them. And then he moved to Maxwell to the Allied Officer School. I was around officers, officers' kids. I went to the Maxwell Air Force Officers Club, the Gunters Officers Club. I wore gowns and dresses. I went to dinners. I had to learn how to be elegant. We had a formal dinner, do uh, reception lines. I was around educated people, world leaders. Mm-hmm. That was my life. So here I am in the fifth grade. And I introduced myself. Hello, I'm Jan. Upon entering this civilian elementary classroom, I could not understand any of them talking, for they all had a very heavy southern accent. I would come home and cry, for I couldn't understand the teacher or the students. I knew nothing of Alabama, the South, the football teams, the cows, their traditions. I didn't even know the color of the uniforms of the Southern Army during the Civil War. Ignorant I was 
of the local community and the state and the South. Being in the military, your focus is on the world, other nations. You live as a dedicated soldier, a pilgrim, always traveling, very well educated. You're meeting people from all over the world with different accents. Mixed marriages. Americans and Filipinos. Americans and Taiwanese. American and Japanese. Blacks and whites. I had a different lifestyle. I didn't understand the southern accent. I didn't have one. And that is how Jan was birthed. Jan had been born, birthed, came into creation by my own words and remained alive and yet not so well, fearful, ignorant of the spiritual plans that God had for her, for my spirit inside. Jan remained my identity from 1960. To the beginning of 2007. Jan had lots and lots of experiences. Both good and bad. Many heartaches. Lots of ignorance. Remained a virgin until her first year in college. And then traveled. Way on down the crooked path. Of perversion. Jan walked. Even though she was born again. Because she believed in and prayed to Jesus Christ since she was three years old. At five, I have the first memory of praying. I don't really remember. I know it's dedicated at birth. In fact, I was born during a church service. Mm-hmm. Through spiritual ignorance, Jan went down the road of sex before marriage. Drugs, using and selling them, drinking and driving, way off the path of righteousness and holiness. But the Heavenly Father was watching out for me and his spiritual purposes, Isaiah 61 and 62, and protected me from becoming pregnant, being raped, abused, beaten, and thus was having And it kept me from having an abortion, getting married to ones I didn't love, being arrested for drug dealing. Yeah, I used to sell drugs. Kept them in my own house. My parents knew nothing about it. Or being in a drunken driving accident, hurting someone else. I was stopped one time. And I talked the police out of it. They let me call a taxi. But the taxi man wanted to have sex with me in order to give me my driver's license. And I wasn't going to let that happen. God was helping me. So I got my driver's license back, went and got my car, lied to my parents. That was before the days of a lot of the laws of drinking and driving. God was helping me. I used to have to close one eye. I don't know if you could see it. After going to Seville Quarter. Or McGuire's Pub. Getting so drunk I couldn't see with both eyes opened. 
I had a little yellow sports car. And I got it 16. Used to dance, wear dresses, had lots of affairs, a lot of boyfriends, and a lot of things. To a lot of people, it's probably very normal. That wasn't how I was brought up in my family. But that's the path Jan went down. Not a nice one. Yet, through all these sins and perversions, I sought out God. Read my Bible every night. Prayed my prayer that I had prayed as a five-year-old child from 1957. That I would kneel down on the side of my bed with my father every night. And here's how I prayed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. May angels watch me through the night and wake me with the morning light. Jesus bless my mommy and daddy and my brother and all my friends and all the people of the world. Amen. That was my childhood, my early beginnings as Deb and Jan. And I want to end right here. You're beginning to see how scriptures, after you go through this, can help you understand what was you were going through. And God had me write this story. He would get me up in the middle of the night. I would sit down and he would take over. I remember when I finished, I didn't really have a lot of memories. Maybe it was Pastor Deborah writing it, not Jan. I'm very open about my life here, and you'll hear more. I was not a good person, is Jan. Did a lot of bad things. Broke a lot of laws. Had a lot of abuse by men. Was in domestic violence with men. Betrayed. Thought I was pregnant several times. Broke laws to have sex. Hung out with gangsters. Sold drugs. Used to sneak out of my house at nighttime with a group of boys. Go steal stop signs, street signs. I thought it was fun. Sneak out, sneak in. You just wouldn't believe who Jan was. God had a plan. He was there helping me as he helped Jeremiah. Isaiah 61, 62 was working, even though I didn't know it. So I want to tell you my story. I'm very upfront about it. Oh, yeah, there was sexual abuse and harassment from boys, girls. I was evil and wicked. Told my own mother to go to hell because she wouldn't let me watch a movie. Can't believe it. She's not there now. She's dead and in heaven. I was secret. I was very private. Really didn't have any girlfriends. Had a car at 16. My dad was my best friend. He watched over me. He'd hold my ponytail. I had a ponytail. When I'd puke in the thing. There was no talking about when you go through menstruation. Having your period getting married, having a baby. What was expected of you? I was expected to marry an Air Force officer and have the life of an officer's wife. My parents had their own life. 
I was kind of left to myself. I had no sisters. I only had a brother. He's dead now. He was four years older. So I was kind of like an only child for most of my life. Sort of raised myself up. My mother had mental health issues, obsessive, compulsive, other things, depression. My dad was a weakling by that time. Henpecked, just sort of speak. So many fights and arguments. I would cry out to my dad to just ask my mother for forgiveness. The silent treatment was horrible in the house. That's how I grew up. Jane grew up in that. An officer's daughter living in a hellish home with a mentally ill mother and a henpecked father. Everybody educated, and yet God was with me, even though I didn't know it. And I was loving people with the most kind of weirdest, if they were disabled, been in car wrecks. I loved them no matter what. I read stories. Adolf Hitler, Mein Kampf. About Vivian Lee going mentally ill, Patty Duke, so many others, Greta Garbo. I read true stories. I wanted to know. When I needed to learn about anorexia, I went to a medical book. Spent a lot of time in libraries with books, reading. Oh, I had puppy loves. I think the monkeys. I think it was Davy Jones had a little puppy love on him. Used to sit in my living room and seek peace with Elvis Presley. Music. Read my Bible. I still have the one with Debbie's name in it, not Jan. I hung in there with God. I don't know how, but I did. He hung on to me, even through Jan's life and through her death. So you come back next time for the next part of the story. In the School of Light, The Kingdom of Agape Love, Volume 1, in the story, number 28, called It's Time. And learn more about transition, disassociation, sort of, identity change, new birth, reincarnation, death of one part of us, how God helps us, what he's trying to do, Isaiah 61, 62, just from my life. Most people aren't going to talk about their lives like I did. But I have stories to tell, and I had to go through this, so you Will not be afraid when things start happening. Because God has great plans for you. Isaiah 61 and 62. And if you'll let him, he'll be about his work inside of you. For the death of some parts of you, maybe many of them. And the resurrection, rebirth, reincarnation of the real you of who you're supposed to be. A new creature in Christ. All right, I'll see you on the next part. Bye.